0: Sema is a program where we invite an expert to talk about the area of expertise. And today we have Dr. Susan uh, Luchas. Um, now, um, Susan, you have um, had a fam. your family became very ill, your oldest child uh, became unwell, and you, the doctors weren't able to find an answer. They couldn't find the reason why you were so sick if you can just lead us down this path please of of what you did to um to help your child
1: right so our oldest child um became sick and she just um had more and more problems in hindsight we probably didn't recognize them for over a year until she finally had stomach pain so bad she couldn't walk she couldn't go to school and stopped eating um And finally, we started taking around all these doctors and long story short, they gave her all these diagnoses. So she's got all kinds of diagnoses, but she didn't really get better. Um, And we did all the treatments they asked, Western, Eastern, we tried everything and she just wasn't getting better. So basically what happened was um, I had to take take over as the primary caregiver of our family. Um, of her, basically, and try to recover her health on our own, me, me mostly, but uh, my husband as well. And we were actually, thank goodness, successful. We learned a lot along the way. And um, then our, the rest of our family became sick. Um, and so we also had to clean up our health problems. And then um, at the end of all this, we're actually doing fantastic. Um, we lead what you would call normal, healthy lives. Um, We look good, we work full-time, we go to school, we play sports, we do all the things that maybe a quote-unquote normal family might do. And um, I took then, I guess, almost a year off uh, from my work, uh, uh, additionally, to um, publish everything for free on a website. And um, now everything's up for free on my website, you can check it out. Everything I've learned, all my opinions, um, everything is there for free. Um, it's really a charity. I don't make any money off of it. People can donate if they want, but all those donations go towards maintaining the site, um, improving content, and I'm hoping someday if we get enough donations, uh, we can do, start doing some of our own um, experiments and trials on, on some things that Big Pharma uh, won't fund.
0: I've I've visited your site. Um, Your site is uh, debugyourhealth.com for our viewers, if they would like to uh, visit the site. What struck me about the site is um, how much you've put into it. Mm -hmm. You've you've devoted basically a a huge portion of your life to helping other people, and uh, the depth at which you went to to try and find that answers is quite astounding. So, on a personal level. Um, um, I really admire you. you. You didn't just accept what the doctors were saying. It's, you know, we, we're not sure what it is and, and it's looking like it's this, so you, you take this treatment. You didn't, you didn't stop at what the doctors told you. When, when you weren't getting the results, you looked further. And so, um, you know, I've got deep respect for what you've done. Now, um, in your website, you had so many things, so many conditions that you covered and i um decided to go for the 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 3a's <laughs> mm-hmm. uh in this talk here the um, um the adrenal allergies and autism mm-hmm. um are they are they linked in any way do they have any common um causative factors
1: yeah i think they do now that you put it that way the 3a's i mean um Adrenal allergies and autism, I actually believe that they're all not really diagnoses. They're all symptoms. Um, we right. treat them as diagnoses, but all three of them are really symptoms. And the number one thing that they tend to be usually symptoms of are gut problems um, leaky gut, gut maldigesting of food, not the right gut bacteria, S-sibo, um, all kinds of diagnoses that go under the topic of, of your digestive tract. Um, so I'd argue that fundamentally their root cause is all stems from the digestive tract. And you could go deeper than that and say, well, some of your digestive tract problems might be because you have parasites in there or because you have a high load of te- heavy metals in there, or other things going on in there. But um, healing the gut was kind of a big uh, a big step forward for my oldest child when she got sick and then for our whole family.
0: Yeah. Right. On your website, um, you said that um, head lice were a problem. They actually were the victor for Lyme, introducing right. Lyme. That, that must have been, I mean, at a time when you're fighting for your daughter to then become ill yourself and get the brain fog, Um I, I, I was very saddened when I was reading the story because it was like going from bad to worse and no end in sight, really. And of course,
1: yeah, we were, we were lucky though. I don't know if you got that part of the story. Maybe I need to highlight that a little better. I was able, I was well, I did not have Lyme when, when I recovered the oldest child. So I was able to think and function pretty well um, when she was really sick. And then it wasn't until I recovered her, as soon as she was recovered, that's when we had the head lice and then six months after the head lice the other myself and my husband and my youngest child uh our health went downhill so we were very lucky that our oldest daughter suffered for many years um and that we were able to figure her out before the rest of us got it because had the rest of us had i gotten it then i don't know that i would have had the had the ability to figure hers out and then to recover the rest of us so we were really lucky
0: Oh, lucky! Oh, it wouldn't be the word that I would have really used, because it's all sort of like one thing after another. But I guess the timings, timing was, if you have to have Lyme, I guess it's best to have it after you've, you know, overcome one medical condition. So I'm yeah. um, just going through the steps with your with your oldest daughter. Um, please tell us through the uh, take us through the story, because I'm very intrigued um, to know the details, like. Um, what the doctors were saying was wrong with her, what her her symptoms were and how you came to find out just what the true cause was um, for your daughter's illness.
1: I mean, um, they said she's had, she, they diagnosed her with everything on our website, um, which is, you know, allergies and um, GI, all kinds of GI, gastritis, blood and stool, um, hernias, Uh, autism, um, Mm. parasites, you know, some people knew it was parasites, but they didn't know how to treat it. Um, You know, so uh, literally uh, MTHFR, methylation problems. Uh, Every single topic on our website almost was one of the diagnoses she's had. Um, the Lyme diagnosis itself, we didn't get until, um, until she was recovered. So we didn't even find, she didn't even test positive for Lyme until she was recovered, which is pretty typical of Lyme. It takes out the immune system. So your body doesn't produce antibodies and antibodies is what the test is testing for. So she didn't actually test positive for Lyme until after she was recovered. So we kind of fixed something, um, by fixing the, fixing the gut. Um, primarily was the main thing we did, which got her mostly recovered. Um, But we didn't even find out about the Lyme piece until after after she was recovered. She had all kinds of diagnoses that I'm probably forgetting along the way. We went to, I don't know how many, probably seven or 10 pediatricians and GI experts and allergy experts and autism experts and um, it didn't really matter to me what the diagnosis was. Um, it's just that she wasn't getting better. Because if she wasn't able to go to school, that means I'm not able to work, and um, that means my, you know, I have to spend my time taking care of her. Which of course is sometimes part of being a parent, but it wasn't really what what I wanted to do. And I, I wanted a child who could who could function. So. Um, we just didn't give up and we, like I said, we healed the gut. We did some other stuff on our, on our own finally, because all the doctors had kind of given up and they told us it was in our head and it was in her head and I was being too negative and that's why she was in her head and whatever. Um, when they can't figure something out, sometimes they go for the, oh, you're mentally, you know, impaired or whatever, which, you know, maybe I did. I mean, I did have some mental growth to go through to stay positive during all this and to not give up. Um, but it definitely was not in her head and it was definitely not in my head either. Um, just made up.
0: So okay. So you, um, so in restoring her health, uh, her gut health, uh, what steps did you take?
1: Um, for the gut, for the gut piece, um, the the main part of the gut piece is changing your diet. So um, I think, we had to really get rid of all sugars in her diet and we aren't the kind of family that would eat cake or donuts or any of those things anyway, but we had to really get rid of fruit. Um, we had to get rid of sweet vegetables. Um, we had to get rid of all of those, all of those things. We really had to get rid of the sugar to get the, the bacterial flora in her gut to shift. Because it um, turns out that, yes, the good guys eat sugars and starches, but so do the bad guys. And when you've got too many bad guys in there, um, you've got to hit them hard. So you've got to hit them with a diet. You've got to hit them with some supplements. So we also hit hard with some supplements. We did some microbiology stool cultures to see what that came up with. And we hit hard with some supplements. We hit hard with a diet. Um, she also needed stomach acid. So when people have allergies and GI issues, they usually aren't producing enough stomach acid. And so she also had to be supplemented with some stomach acid when she ate meals to get start help um, boost the, or get the digestive process off to the correct start so that the rest mm. of the digestive process could um, occur the way it's supposed to, which also helps shift the, the balance of bacteria. Right. So she needed the stomach acid as well. And um, the other main piece for her on the gut side was the hernia. She definitely did have the hernia, the hiatal hernia. We saw it on x-rays um, at the hospital. We also, um, so we anyway, we were able to get that fixed with a chiropractor. And it turns out kids that are skipping meals or um, or maybe not eating or nauseous sometimes, they probably do have a hiatal hernia. So that's a good thing to check for, that a lot of people don't associate it with healing the gut. They talk about probiotics. Well, probiotics weren't even really helpful for us. Um, yeah, we took some probiotics to help, but what really um, helped was uh, getting rid of the, the diet piece, the stomach acid piece, and the, uh, the hernia piece.
0: Okay. And so what changes did you see in your daughter as, she, um, as you're changing her diet and giving her the other supplements? What, what, what improvements did you see?
1: Um, well, first she got worse. And I think this is probably true of anyone going through a massive um, gut flora shift is that, that that's a biological um, uh, medical uh, shift your body and you start digesting food differently, you start feeling differently. And as those bacteria die off, as the bad guys kind of die away, um, that makes you feel pretty rotten. So um, when we first shifted the diet, we all shifted it. Our whole family shifted it in support of her. We weren't going to eat different food from our, our child. So my husband, I think he was home from work in bed sweating for about two days, Um, I definitely was pretty out of it for a couple of days as well. Um, The the oldest child, she went um, fully autistic once we shifted the diet, once we really got rid of the last cup of rice she was eating per day and the last serving of fruit she was eating per day. Once we really got that out of her diet, um, she pretty much went fully autistic, like unable to go outside, rocking back and forth in a dark corner, so she got a lot worse. And so my husband was like, oh, let's stop. She's getting worse. Well, no, I knew that it was probably a die-off or what they call a Herx reaction. And that a shift is a good thing when you're trying to make a change, right? A shift is a good thing. And that probably if we were able to push through and get her detoxing, get her draining, um, she would probably come out of it. And sure enough, about a week after we shifted the diet, she was the best she'd ever been. Um, But she had to get worse before she got better. And I I think that's a very common theme for autistic, autistic children or autistic people in general, especially um, people with allergies, all these topics, um, when you try to shift, really, really try to shift the gut, you're probably going to get worse before you get better.
0: How is your daughter now?
1: Fantastic. How? Fantastic. Um, she's,
0: no, signs, she, no signs of autism, sorry?
1: Not that I can tell. Um, wow. Not that I can tell. In fact, I mean, her school doesn't know she's autistic. Um, I don't talk about it at school. I don't tell any of the parents. I told one of her teachers who, uh, who moved away to a different state, um, and she said, wow, really? I mean, she kind of didn't believe me. So, and I've taken her now to some, uh, I don't know, people or people doctors who've seen her, and they, they think I'm crazy. They don't believe me, actually that she was ever autistic, which is fantastic. I'd rather be, you know, have a healthy child and be called a liar than, <laughs> than the other way around. So, um, so she's doing fantastic. She plays soccer and she's involved in school, all kinds of things. And, um, you know, she's a healthy, really radiant child. You can check out some pictures on the website. Those are actual pictures they can see what our family looks like
0: and, and what yes. our children look like. So, I wonder, um, Susan, how many autistic, other autistic, well, children that are displaying autistic um, characteristics, whether they can be, you know, um, be made, you know, so that they haven't got these, these symptoms anymore, just by changing the diet and, and following the program that you, the regime that you'd set up for your child. Mm. And they might be needlessly you know, suffering these, these, um, these symptoms.
1: hmm Right. I, um, I, you know, we, I don't know for sure. I can say that, um, there was a famous autism doctor in England called Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride, and she claims that, um, up to age eight, There's all children can be fully recovered, and she says after age eight, there's permanent starts to be permanent brain damage. Um, So I don't know Uh, personally. I can say that I've never seen a children, a child who hasn't been able been recoverable under age eight. Um, But usually the problem is the parents don't have the strength, because changing your diet and getting rid of all sugars, including fruit, is really hard. And it's hard on the parents. I mean, the parents are going to be sick too for a couple of days. And then they have to, additionally, they have to watch their child's autism get worse. And most parents quit right there. The child starts getting worse. They themselves start feeling bad and they never, they never get there. So um, that's my opinion. Um,
0: it's a shame, but I mean, you've, in your case, you, you've you've you know you've got your child did get worse and then she got better and you've published this onto your site and so people if they take the time out and read your site which is debugyouhealth.com um they they'll they'll be prepared mentally they'll know it's going to come and so they're just going to have to just um take it (laughs) yeah um now um allergies um do you think it's a similar? Um, it, you've got to again look after your gut. To um, more complex than that.
1: Yeah, I think um, allergies again. I think are a symptom, not a root cause. And I think the root cause of allergies is also in the gut. Um, so I think it's it kind of goes back to the same thing. You've got to heal. Um, you've got to heal your leaky gut in order to get your allergies under control. I can say for myself I definitely had uh not many allergies but I started getting hay fever or sort of the spring allergy um around my 20s and it would get worse every year and I can say since we've actually had to work on our health and heal our gut and all of that my allergies have gone away. So I don't hmm. even have the springtime sneezes anymore that just doesn't doesn't exist anymore. For us, so I think, or for for me, or for anybody in our family. So, I think healing the gut um, really took care of our allergies, and that's not that's not the reason we did it, but it was kind of a nice side effect. Um, I also mentioned on this site that allergies can be cleared with this energetic treatment, so either ZytO or BioSet, or there's other technologies out there now. Um, those can treat allergies and. Uh, they are pretty good, so you can literally walk in there with spring hay fever and walk out and be completely free of all your symptoms. The problem is that if you don't heal your gut, those symptoms will come back, um, and it won't. The treatment won't last very long. So the really the permanent answer to it is to um, is to heal your gut.
0: and permanently change your diet, I guess. Right. In doing. So- um what other triggers are there do you think for um for allergies
1: uh what do you mean besides besides pollen and trees and things like that
0: uh, i I didn't ask the question um properly i guess um what other things can cause allergies are there there any other things that you can um address you you talked about your gut but um are there are there any other things you can do are there any supplements you can take or Lifestyle changes?
1: Um, I think, you know, changing, changing, sure. I mean, lifestyle changes, yeah, you need to sleep, you need need to eat and you need to eat healthy food and eat good food and you need to de-stress. I think those are all important for allergies. I mean, allergies really are an overreaction of the immune system. They're really an autoimmune disease. So, anything that affects the immune system, which includes all your lifestyle factors, stress, diet, exercise, sleep, um, that affects the immune system. I think, though, for most of us that have allergies, you know, um, and the autoimmune disease, I think for most of us Westerners, um, it really goes back to the gut and to the gut flora and to what we're eating and to the hernias and to not producing enough stomach acid and maybe also some parasites and heavy metals in there as well. So I think um, that's, I think the the bulk of it for most of us. For allergies in terms of supplements, sure, you can, some people get relief from the typical things, um, bromelade, nettles, um, quercetin is common. I think one of the best products I like I liked out there was a product called D-HIST, H-S-T. Again, I don't make any money or refer, offer these referrals, so I thought that was a pretty good product. But again, it doesn't solve the root cause, and I think you're going to mm. feel a lot better overall if you solve the root cause.
0: Okay. Um, I, when I was looking on your website, um, I noticed that um, there's mention of uh, a mutation in one's DNA, something like 40% of the population have a mutation that make them susceptible to certain, certain illnesses or conditions. Um, as, I'm, hoping if you could, well, I'm wondering if you could just talk to us a bit about that.
1: So I assume you're talking about the MTHFR, the methylation mu- mutation, which nice. I discuss a little bit on the site. So that became popular a few years back that everybody are, was getting tested for MTHFR methylation mutations. Um, I think that, um, you know, it was popular. A lot of people were talking about it. And so we got tested. Yeah, we have mutations. Um, it basically means that your body has difficulty in the processing of certain vitamins, including um, B vitamins and the energy cycle that your body needs to, to um, that your cells need to have energy. So if you have one of these mutations, you're, body is sort of less likely to do that properly, but I don't, I, I no longer believe that, that it means that you can't methylate. So what I think is that if you're healthy, your body's going to try to methylate, whether you have that mutation or not. And, okay. and I say that from our experience, because we all have mutations, all four of us in our family have published the mutations on the website. You can go check out which ones we have. And we, we all have different ones somehow that worked out that way. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, in the beginning when we were symptomatic and when we weren't feeling well, we needed methylation supplements. So we needed usually some kind of methylcobalamin or um, methylated B vitamin. And that we needed that to get through the day and to have enough energy. Now we hardly ever take a methylation supplement very rarely. Um, We just don't need them. My oldest child, at one point, she was in a a phase where without that methylation supplement, she could not make it through her school day. Um, And now that's no longer the case. Um, So I think once you, again, solve some of these other chronic infections, bad gut flora, parasites, get some heavy metals out, your body, guess what, starts methylating again, like it's supposed to.
0: Okay, so it's when, you, um, when you became, oh, with Lyme, that's is when your body became compromised and couldn't methylate correctly. Uh, and the fact that your DNA, you had this mutation that prevented, which you know, made it harder for your body, if you like, to methylate, that made matters worse. Is that a, a, a good take on, on, on it?
1: Yeah, kind of. I think with Lyme, Lyme was kind of the backbreaker for our family. So before we had Lyme, we definitely had parasites. We definitely had this methylation mutation that we were just talking about. We definitely had um, gut flora that wasn't perfect. Uh, My husband and I both had dental infections. Um, We all had all these things before. But then once our bodies got Lyme on top of all of that, that's when we stopped our bodies said, whoa, too much. We can't function anymore. We have major symptoms now. So I think in order to get at the Lyme, you have to get at a lot of these other chronic infections that your body has and chronic problems that your body has going on. You have to work on those um, in order to get the Lyme under control.
0: Okay. How did you know you had dental infections?
1: Um, I didn't. I didn't think I had any. Um, Mm -hmm. my husband we kind of had a clue because he had a root canal tooth that was number nine right in front and that tooth would go up and down with the season (laughs) so depending (laughs) on on what season or what the barometric pressure was here you could literally see the tooth go up and down so obviously Mm -hmm. that doesn't sound quite right Um, Mm -hmm. but he still refused to get it removed because he said it was fine but anyway what happened was we happened upon them we knew our oldest child had parasites. She had been recovered. She was pretty much functional, but she still had this like horseshoe. um, um, It was like a rash on her arm and it was just kind of a horseshoe that went on like that. And it would come around the full moon every month. And so we knew it must be some kind of a parasite or something, but we had tried all these treatments that everyone had doctors here locally or that we'd heard of. We tried everything and she still had that thing coming up every month. And I just thought, well, I don't know. I still didn't know at that point um, necessarily what, what, what we had about the Lyme. I guess at that point I didn't know about the Lyme. I had just found out about the Lyme, but um, I I didn't want, this to kind of get worse, or to make the Lyme flare up again, or, you know, to go back to where we were. So I figured, well, we know there's something that's still not right. So we basically had, in hindsight, we only had one choice. And that was to go to Simon U in St. Louis, Missouri. So we flew the whole family there. He's the only MD we have in this country who's prescribing parasite medications, because that was the one thing we hadn't tried. We had tried everything else. And so I figured, well, we got to go see him because that's the one thing we haven't tried. So we went to see him. Turns out Simon diagnoses dental infections as well as parasitic infections. So we went there for parasites and we ended up getting parasites and dental diagnosed by him. And, you know, he said, look, you know, you should really clean up these dental things. And he had written, he's written a book about dental miracles and how much better people feel. And yeah, it turns out in our case, he was completely right. Um, I can't believe how much better I felt after my—I got my dental issues taken care of. The ringing in my ears is gone. My husband's back pain is gone. He feels great. Um, so it was—it was really a blessing, and a, it's something we kind of happened upon when we were trying to really get at the bottom of parasites.
0: That's that's um, wonderful. It's interesting about your husband's tooth going up and down. I mean, to, to know whether it's going to rain that day or not, just get them to smile. Yeah. <laughs> so you know yeah. what the barometric pressure is. Yeah. Um, now, if someone has got an allergy, um, I guess they um, you'd recommend that they still um, avoid the um, any food triggers until they have the um, you know until they address the underf- un- underlying cause for the allergy and get things more under control.
1: Probably, yeah. Probably a good idea. I mean, if that's causing an over the immune system, um, you want your immune system to focus on sh- shifting your gut flora and, and dealing with the bad guys that you're going to be trying to kill. So you definitely don't want to be in the middle of an immune response when you're trying to really solve the root cause problem. So yeah, if you have an allergy to a specific thing or a specific food or whatever, I would definitely avoid it. But then I would set as a goal to try to remo- eliminate that allergy. Allergies are not permanent, they can be changed and they can be eliminated.
0: Um, and I guess allergies can be eliminated <clears throat> at, at most ages, like you eliminated hay fever from yourself as an adult. Mm-hmm. So, in that aspect, whereas autism might be you know, restricted to you know, the age of 10 and under, mm-hmm. allergies possibly at, at, um, at older ages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I've I've got. I'm just going through some of the questions I've got here, Susan. A lot of them um, are really um, um, targeted to a physician to answer. Um, like, you know, what do you recommend for colitis and um, anaphylaxis um, reactions? And it's, it's really for questions like that. Um, it's really best for a, med- a trained medical doctor to answer. So I will skip questions like this. Um, but there are some questions which are, uh, could be discussed perhaps. Um, now, um, someone's asking, what is the difference between a food allergy and a food intolerance? But,
1: um, um you know, I, I'm not really an expert on that topic either, but yeah. I mean, if you, food allergy is where your immune system mounts a response against that food, So it's usually a pretty severe response, like your throat starts to swell or you break out in hives or something like that. Whereas a food intolerance is usually more of a digestive issue. So just you eat dairy and you kind of feel icky um, rather than you break out in hives or your throat starts to swell up. But I I believe that both of them have kind of the same root cause.
0: Yes. Okay. Thank you. Um, Another person asks if both my partner and I have allergies, Will our children also get allergies? Mm. It's almost like a genetic question, isn't it?
1: Well, it's an interesting question because then I would say, well, maybe it depends how the baby's birthed. And that sounds like a weird answer, but the babies get their, um, their gut flora and their, their, bi- their um, biome through the birth canal. And so it depends how healthy the mother is, what allergies the mother has, and how the baby is birthed. Mm. And then then from there, it depends um, what the baby's exposed to and what they're eating as to which gut flora actually take hold. But I think in most families, um, my personal um, observation is that in most families, if the parents have allergies, the kids usually do too.
0: Okay. I guess the diet would be similar, you know, because they would eat similar foods within the family, and so um, if, if if the diet is um, deficient in some minerals, um, there could also be a cause of effect. Perhaps um, the um, as part did you have a detox regime um, for initially your your oldest daughter and then later on, you know, yourself and the family. Um, could you could you talk us through what, uh, what steps you took to detox, please?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we did a lot of detox, um, things that would come under the category of detox. I think probably the most, in hindsight now, not really the order we did it, but in hindsight, probably the most powerful for us now is an enema. So if we're really having a detox crisis or something going on, it would be, I would generally tend to go for the enema. That's usually the quickest, fastest way. Um, And my kids have been taking enemas for a long time, so doing an enema on them is not really a big deal. Um, We like activated charcoal in the enema for detox. That tends to work well. Uh, We also did a lot of detox along the way. I think for us, the sauna has been pretty useful. We actually did get a sauna because the lime took... um, took away the endocrine system of my oldest child. So she stopped sweating. So we needed a sauna to get her sweating again. Um, and so, uh, but we do do use the sauna as detox. We think that's uh, pretty good. Um, and then we've done some skin brushing. We've done some things like that. That's, um, that's been pretty useful as well. So, um, those, those are probably, uh, there's a lot of things under um. detox. But those are probably the main ones.
0: Okay. Um, a question that has been asked, um, I have a child who won't take pills, won't do enemas and who barely cooperates with anything. Um, if, if you're in the situation, Susan, uh, what would you do? Uh,
1: yeah. If the child doesn't take pills or doesn't, um, cooperate with anything, um, I would start with the detox, um, the drainage, and the diet. So, um, you could, you know, if the if the child doesn't really cooperate, one thing you could do is you could take her t- take them to a Zyto or a BioSet or an energetic practitioner. Sometimes they can open up some detox or drainage pathways for the child, and that takes very little cooperation to do that. Um, and if you can identify maybe some drainage remedies, maybe some homeopathics, those can go on the skin, you can just rub them onto the skin. Um, for the diet piece, that's um, get rid of all sugars, and I know that can be difficult on a child, they'll probably stop eating, but that's okay, they'll eat eventually. Um, I would kind of power through that. And usually once you get kids off sugar, they become pretty cooperative. <laughs>
0: That's what I've seen in uh, school studies that when they remove the um, the fizzy drinks and the and the uh, the snack food in the cafeterias, their behavior, the behaviour um, the behaviour generally um, is significantly improved mm-hmm. at <laughs> So it's, it's something so simple. Yeah. Okay, and um, just going through the questions um, now. Adrenal fatigue. Mm-hmm. That's quite a big. That's quite a big. Uh, you know, quite a big subject um the um questions are um what are the symptoms of adrenal fatigue um well can you I, th- tell us? I
1: i think the main symptom of adrenal fatigue is exhaustion usually um, people get to the point where they're so exhausted, they can't really do anything anymore. And, um, and then they go into the doctor and they're diagnosed with either thyroid problems or adrenal problems. That's usually um, usually what happens.
0: Okay. Um, the next question is, what are the causes of adrenal fatigue? I guess you've covered a, a, a lot of them already. Are there any other causes that we, that we haven't um, discussed so far?
1: Um, I think for adrenal fatigue, the, the easiest place to look is look at your lifestyle. Make sure you're eating well, sleeping, exercising, de-stress. Get your lifestyle dialed in. Now, for a lot of us, we get that dialed in and we still are exhausted. So then you start to look um, at the gut. Um, to, you know, is your gut really functioning properly? Do you need stomach acid? Maybe do a microbiology stool test to see if you have any really bad guys in there that are overgrown and then start to look after that, you start to look for maybe some hidden parasitic infections, hidden dental infections. Maybe you look for heavy metals um, and toxins, like uh, pesticides or toxins. And then after that, the next thing would probably be the methylation mutation, the genetic mutation, and see if maybe you just need to kickstart your body with methylation.
0: Right, I'm just wondering whether it's a good idea for pretty much anyone to have that test because it's, it, it may be good to be aware of uh, you know any um, any um weakness that your body may have, mm-hmm. and, and just keep an keep an eye out for them. Mm-hmm. The um, when when you saw that doctor and he treated you for parasites. Um, We we skipped over that very quickly, but if we can go into that with a bit more detail, please. Uh, What did you specifically do to rid your body from parasites?
1: So the doctor we saw, he actually prescribes prescription parasite medications. And we had tried before that all kinds of other remedies. We tried zappers, we tried Rife machines, we tried singing tones. We tried energetic treatments, homeopathics, herbals. We even grew herbals in our garden here and compounded them ourselves. I mean, we we tried everything um, that anyone had ever suggested, the diet, the papaya seeds, all of that. It's all listed on the website, everything we tried, but none of it really worked. Um, like I said, we still had this skin thing that would come in on the full moon. So that's when I decided, well, the only thing left that I can think of is this prescription medications. And so we went to see him and he um, prescribed us prescription medications. And um, in hindsight, I think, thank goodness, one of the things we did first was enemas And I think you shouldn't be taking prescription medications for parasites until you've done enemas first, because with the enemas you can wash out some worms, and it's definitely better to do that um, than it is to kill them in your body and have your body try and excrete them. So any worm you can get out whole without medications is gonna be a lot better, you're gonna feel a lot better (laughs) later and you're gonna be thankful that you got some out early. So thank goodness we, were, um, we had the foresight to do enemas first and then take the medications. And when we took the medications, we were all completely flat on our back, hammered, um, parasites coming out everywhere, and kept doing enemas, again, to kind of help them keep coming out instead of our body sort of reabsorbing. Because what happens is some of the bigger parasites like worms and flutes, which is what, mostly what we had, When they die, they release everything that's inside of them. And what's inside of them is a bunch of bacteria and viruses and heavy metals and toxins. And they're actually, in a way, doing some of us a favor by (laughs) storing those things in their own bodies. And once you kill them with medications, they die, they release all that. And so people can get really sick once they start taking those medications because those parasites release all that into our system.
0: Do you think it's very likely that most people have parasites in their body and just aren't aware of
1: it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we had, our family had parasites. I mean, I think I've had liver flukes my whole life probably and dealt with them just fine until I got, like I said, the dental infections on top of that and the Lyme on top of that and um, some gut problems on top of that. And then my body stopped functioning. But I think most of us uh, have parasites uh, the, the doctor that we went to see in St. Louis, what he's most probably famous for is curing cancer with parasite medications, because it's the same kind of a cancer is also an autoimmune disease, and the body has too many chronic infections. And so once he clears these people up of parasite infections, as well as sometimes dental infections, guess what? Their autoimmune problem goes away.
0: So it could be something so simply solved. Just by removing the parasites and resolving the dental issues. Gosh.
1: It sounds very simple, but if, if you've ever been on parasite medications, you'll know that it's not easy. <laughs> and if you've ever had dental um, surgery, you'll know that's no piece of cake either.
0: Mm, I'm going to um, go, let's um, ask a few questions on, on, the, on the dental side very shortly. But you, you said at one time that was, there's only one doctor in your area that uh, prescribes. Um, drugs for parasites so what do people do if they feel that they have got a burden a parasite load in their body what can they do
1: um you know the i i should clarify a little bit he's the only one prescribing parasite medications properly okay so we have a few other doctors around but they don't really understand the medications. They don't really understand what they're doing. They do these, it's very common now, not just in the U S not common. I wouldn't say common. That's probably the wrong word, but the ones there are some in the U S and more in Europe and Western Europe that are doing these protocols of like two days on the medication, two days off and people don't get sick. Um, which is great, but, but all you're doing, you're not hitting them hard enough. So the parasites become resistant to those medications. So the doctor that we saw in St. Louis, he's been treating parasites for over 30 years, kind of an older dude. And he believes that parasites are hard to kill and you have to hit them long and hard. And our family's experience completely backs that up. He's absolutely right. In fact, I am now of the opinion he doesn't even hit long enough or hard enough because he can't because of the medical licensing board. Um, but so some there are some that are like I said doing these sort of two days on or a couple of days off, a couple of days on, and I, I just I that's not gonna that's not gonna really get your parasites for you. So there's only one that really is prescribing them properly. Um, what do people do? Um, literally people fly from all over the world to see this man. Um, some of them, uh, you know, look on my website There's on the parasite tab. There's videos that show how we test for parasites because now our family has our own method of testing, um, how we figure it out and people can do that at home. They can learn that at home. They can check out the videos on our website, um, or you can fly to St. Louis and see him.
0: Wonderful. Um, and finally, the, uh, the dental issues. If you can talk about the steps you took to remove or to resolve the uh, infections in your teeth and uh, possibly removing the, any, any heavy metals in your mouth.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, we didn't actually have any amalgams at the time. Uh, I only ever had one amalgam in my whole life, and I had had it removed many, many years ago. Um, And my husband had had some amalgams, but he had them also removed many, many years ago. If you do do the amalgam, you definitely want to go to a a Huggins-trained dentist or one that does proper removal. You don't want to have them do it wrong and then have more mercury put into your body. Um, So we didn't really have the amalgam problem. What we had and what most people, I think, have is root canal infections and extracted tooth socket infections. So let me start with the root canal infections. Uh, It's very hard to do a root canal without an infection. And there have been books and people have come out, you know, talking about this. I've seen a couple of dentists claim that 99% of all root canals are infected. And I think they're right. I think they are. But I think that a lot of people don't have Lyme and maybe don't have as many parasites and don't have as many heavy metals in their body. So they deal just fine with their root canal infection and they live a long, happy life and they die with the root canals and they do fantastic. Um, you know, they die at age 90 or hundred with root canals and they, and they're infected, but they, their bodies can take care of it. And I think that's awesome. But once you get Lyme and some of these other things, you probably need to clean up some of those dental infections so that your body can really focus on some other things like Lyme. Um, so the root canals, uh, my husband had a root canal. I did not have any. And so basically what happened was we had to have that extracted. He had his root canal extracted and then we replaced it with a bridge. Um, and I think that you could, you could have replaced it with an implant. I'm not convinced that implants aren't infected either. So I think for people that are really concerned about their health or maybe have some symptoms, I think the real thing to do is focus on a proper extraction, get that proper extraction, get your symptoms relieved, um, and then figure out what to do. I would either do probably a bridge or a partial uh, would be my default recommendations. What I had was an extracted, extracted tooth socket infection. I had my four wisdom teeth. Extracted when I was a teenager, it was in vogue to take all the wisdom teeth out proactively. In hindsight, I had plenty of room for my wisdom teeth. I should have kept them, but I, my parents were making the decision, not me. Um, so I had all four wisdom teeth sockets infected. It turns out if there's a membrane um, around the tooth, and if that membrane isn't properly taken out, then that creates a pocket where bacteria can fester and grow without blood flow. And that's what I had. You could see the membrane in my x-rays. The x-rays are posted on the website if you want to check them out. And so they had to open up all four wisdom teeth sites, clean them out properly, and then I, my body had to heal that again. Um, Gosh.
0: <laughs> so you had all your wisdom teeth. You, you had work on your wisdom teeth done twice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, lovely. I just had a question from... Alex, um, from the Facebook group, um, you've kind of answered it already. He asks, uh, what did the doctor do to fix dental infections? And then he goes on to further ask, uh, did he diagnose it with a 3d x-ray? Do you know whether mm-hmm. he used a 3d x-ray for?
1: So the answer to the 3d x-ray part is no. Um, so the, Doctor we were diagnosed with, he uses a technique called AMA, acupuncture meridian assessment. So it's basically a machine uh, that measures impedance along the meridian and he looks for imbalances along that. So it's kind of an energetic testing method that he uses to diagnose the dental infections. I have a different method that's basically a muscle testing method. And if you click on the dental tab of my website, there's several videos there that show exactly how I test for dental infections because I've had to learn how to test myself because once we came home, I had to see, okay, is it still infected? Is my husband still infected? Are we clear now? You know, I kind of had to be able to do that myself. So I had those muscle testing um, videos online for free. You can check them out. As for what the doctor did, he didn't do anything. I went to an oral surgeon to get these cleaned out. I'm of the opinion you really don't wanna to go to a dentist. You probably want an oral surgeon. If you're in the US, the insurance tends to cover an oral surgeon a little bit better. And there's a checklist on my website that has a checklist for everything you're looking for in a practitioner. So you wanna make sure they understand how to move the, remove the periodontal membrane when they're in there. You wanna make sure they use ozone. Um, you want to do your post-op procedure. You want to definitely um, load yourself up with some vitamin C. Um, uh, there's a homeopathic remedy I really like for dental infections. It's called Body Mend for after surgery. So anyway, there's a checklist. It's a it's a, a nice one-page checklist that you can download for free from my website and just go through that and see what you're looking for in terms of finding an oral surgeon, finding a practitioner. I personally only in the U.S. so far have one practitioner that I refer to. Um, He has a really good success rate. I just haven't seen good success rates from any of the others. And I don't know
0: why. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, there there we have it. Well, um, we've, uh, thank you so much, um, Susan, for, um, for your time today. Um, Everybody, this is uh, Dr. Susan Lushas. She's been talking to us about the adrenal allergies and autism and a a bit more besides. Now, um, Susan's, our website is debugyourhealth.com. On her website, she um, has a donation section. I, um, I'd like our uh, well, we the spooky team will be contributing to your fund to support your cause, and I hope that many of our viewers do as well. Susan, thank you so much for your time, and um, I hope you have a great afternoon.
1: Yeah, thanks <laughs> for having me on your show. It was nice to nice to be here.
0: Thank you for your time. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye.